Welcome to Vision Drip, a podcast designed to give you a steady drip of our vision, mission, and DNA to establish and refine the gospel culture at Sacred City Church. I'm your host, Pastor Sam Schmidt, church planter and pastor of Sacred City Church in Moline, Illinois. I am so excited to have you with me as I hope this podcast helps to equip you as a disciple of Jesus in the everyday rhythms of life as we set out to make disciples, plant churches, and renew the city. Not only do I hope that this podcast helps you grow, but it would grow your affections for Jesus. So let's dive into this episode of Sacred City Vision Drill. everybody welcome to this episode of sacred city vision drip i'm gonna pick up where i left off from a couple weeks ago i started working through this prayer that i've shared with you for the year 2021 a prayer that has started initially kind of like as a, a personal thing that i just really want god to do in my heart and my life throughout this year um but ultimately that God would bring this kind of growth, this change um, in my missional community and the church at large. And so I've been inviting people to pray this prayer with me. And, and it's not, you know, it's not like some sort of special potion or special, you know, um, hijinks to get God to, to jump through these hoops for us, but, but, but borrowing the words uh, from God himself, which come to us in the book of Colossians, where the apostle Paul is praying for the church in Colossae in, in chapter one. And so I, I just... It resonated for me from when we when we preached through this um, back in 2020, and it's something that God brought um, back to the forefront of my mind as I got geared up for uh, this new year and doing ministry and praying that God would bring gospel renewal, that that our church would um, grow, our, our roots would sink deep, but also that we would um, grow outward and upward and see more and more people come to know Jesus and experience um, a gospel culture, living life together in the gospel, in community, and on mission. And so I'm, I'm really praying for this, that this would lead to some of that fruit. Um, and so I, I started just by setting up uh, the first uh, first section, the first part of the prayer that, that we would know more. Um, and you see this in, in Colossians chapter 1 and Paul says um, in verse nine, from the day that we first heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Okay. So that's the first part to know God more. I, I started unpacking that. Now, what I, what I want to do is notice um, this next part of the prayer that, that sort of transition us from, from knowing more, like knowing God more fully into um, doing good. Because in verse 10, um, Paul says, so as to, so he's like, I want you to know more so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, right? That's where we get the do do good. Um, And he says, uh, increasing in the knowledge of God. And so what I want to point out to you here is that the purpose, like there's a purpose behind knowing God more fully, right? Um, I talked about this. I don't want to re- rehash this whole thing, but but just for a sake of recap, because it's been a couple of weeks, um, this whole concept, like the idea of knowing God more fully, isn't just a, an intellectual thing where now I know more about God or now I know more about his character or some of uh, his traits and attributes, right? That That's going to be part of it, right? 
like understanding who God is, is part of that. But ultimately what this is driving us into is a relationship with this God, that we would know God in a personal and profound uh, relational kind of way. Now, if you go through the Old Testament, go through the New Testament, um, the word know um, carries this, you know, we, in the English, it just seems like an intellectual thing, but to know is really a it's, it has a lot of different aspects to it. So intellectually, yes. Relationally, yes. Intimately, yes. Okay. So all of those things, we want to know God so that it brings about a certain kind of behavior. So, and, and here's what I want to say. This, this relational act of knowing God more fully leads to a transformational act of, of being more Christ-like. So God here, when he, or when Paul's praying for this, he's, he's not just after people who do um, more good things. He's not just after people who do the occasional or, or somewhat frequent um, friendly gesture or nice act of kindness. What he's really after here gets to the heart of things that, that we would be a certain type of people, uh, kingdom people, that goodness right? The good acts, the, the, the service, the blessing just sort of flows naturally out of. So in other words, if you go to the fruit of the spirit, right? That we become gospel people where the spirit of God does such a work that produces a fruit in our life that goes from the inside out, that we would not only do good, but we ourselves would desire good, that our hearts would be about what is good. Um, and this is about being a certain kind of person, right, that acts according to their nature. Um, so it's more than just the, the little behavior tweaks and behavior modifications, little, little you know, tweaks here and there throughout your life, but actually at the core of you, um, you are profoundly changed. I just finished reading uh, C.S. Lewis's uh, book, Mere Christianity, which is just a gem. What a gift. Um, but, but towards the final chapters of the book, he talks about, he makes this contrast here, the question of, he's presenting this case for Christianity. And, and as he gets to the end of it, he's like, what is God after? Is he God, is God just after creating, um, nice people, right? Good people, or is he after creating a new kind of man? And his final assertion is that God is after creating a new kind of man. And he uses this illustration of the kind of transformation, the kind of change that God is aiming to bring. Isn't like trying to teach a horse how to jump a little bit higher, a little bit higher every day. The kind of change that God is wanting to bring to us is changing a horse into a creature that can fly, right? It's a profound drastic change that God is wanting. And it's an inside out change that, you know, obviously the, the creature, it's a new man. That's why we hear things like you're a new creation. I'm um, in Christ. You're a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come, put the old man to death, live into the new, new man in Christ, right? That's the kind of transformation that God wants to do. Now, what that gets at is the reality that, that before we know Jesus, our hearts are set on what is wicked, what is evil, um, what is of the flesh, what is worldly. And so there has to become this, this correction to our defunct hearts, which can only occur when we see God rightly, right? When we see the gospel for what it is and how it points to the goodness of God, that it changes our desires from, you know, thinking of sin like, you know, before you know Jesus, sin is appealing. Sin is something that you want to participate in, like the, the fleshly ways is 
just the way that we operate. But when we come to know God for who he is and experience and taste his goodness, it's like a whole new new world. It's, our, our, it's like our, our taste buds have been opened up to a whole new palate where it's like, you know, from before our sin was like eating pieces of cardboard. And now in Christ, we have this giant, juicy, flavorful T-bone steak we just get to sink our teeth into, right? there. There's a superior goodness that our hearts now desire that. So it's like the spirit is producing in us hearts that desire good and not just that we would desire good, that goodness would be effect in our life such a way that transforms our actions, our behaviors, and the things that we do, um, uh, you know, personally, in our relationships, in our communities, and uh, in the city at large and as we're on, on mission. And so God is wanting to have this profound heart change that leads into this act of doing good. And so this is why, why he talks about to, to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. So it's, it's not just the actions, but the whole of yourself. Like you're bringing your whole body in line with the goodness that God has. And this is what it means for it to be fully pleasing. God, God makes this contrast. You go through some of the prophets of where they're going through the motions, they're doing the right things, but their hearts are disconnected and God is not pleased with that. And here we see this alignment, this alignment that happens where our hearts desire what is good and our actions uh, point to that goodness or, or sort of a manifestation of that internal goodness from the inside out. And so we do actually see this inside out change where as we become good people, like the fruit of the spirit, goodness that is produced in us flows out from us and we do good acts of service, of kindness, of generosity, um, of blessing one another, of caring. You know, we see it with those who rejoice with those who are rejoicing, those who weep with those who are, are weeping who are mourning, like we see those acts of goodness that are happening um, in this inside out transformation. So what, now this, this whole thing is sort of a vague, uh, you know, just to say, do good. So general, it's very, very general. Cause like, what do you mean by that? Well, here are a few things just to sort of pinpoint. And, and again, like I could, I could sift through, I could go through a bunch of different passages and be like, all right, here's what it looks like to do good. Um, but here, just from a, a quick flyover of what it means to do good. Uh, for example, uh, Galatians, when Paul is talking about the fruit of the spirit, here's what it is. Here's what it looks like to do good, that you embody virtue, that you not only have virtue, but you act virtuously so that you bear the fruit of the spirit. So love, for example, it's not just that you feel love towards people, but you actually act in a loving way towards people. It's not that you just have a joy in your heart, but you are actually a joyful person that you exude this joy that is your salvation in Christ. That you have not just this internal peace, but you are actually a peace-giving person. We've talked about this in several, like the peaceful prophetic presence, right? You have that ability to impart peace with other people. You see it with patience. Like not just that you have this internal patience. Um, well, actually, you know, patience is kind of a unique one, but but that you are, don't just have a patience with yourself because obviously the transformation uh, is a slow process. John Piper was asked one time in a in a in an interview. He's like, what what is the the part of your life, your faith that you find yourself most often discouraged about? And he says, honestly, it's the painful and slow process of sanctification, right? So this whole transformational process that Jesus wanted to do in our lives to change our hearts at the core is a slow, long process that we just have to have patience with God, with ourselves, uh, and then to realize that God's doing this in the lives of other people. So we have to have a patience for other people, kindness and goodness, right? These things link together, right? To show kindness um, to other people. What's that look like? Well, but to, to bless and to serve, to have this goodness sort of flow out of us, to have this gentleness um, within the context of our relationships and have self-control, right? All of these things, right? So it's like to do good, 
you know, means like uh, abstaining from sinful activities. Like that's kind of, that's pretty self-explanatory, right? You're rejecting what is wicked and you're gravitating towards what is good, right? Something that's, that's good for your soul, whether that's, you know, you, you eat too much, you drink too much, uh, you're looking at stuff that you shouldn't be looking at. Uh, you're in relationships that are not healthy, that are actually leading you further away from Jesus than into Jesus, right? Th- those are all aspects of like doing good, of self-control. So that, that's sort of on the personal level of acting virtuously. Now we see how this, like nobody, Jesus doesn't call people to the Christian life, you know, in a life of autonomy detached from other people. It's always placed within a community. Um, you see this, I mean, all throughout the Bible, God is concerned, not just with personal, not just with individual. Now that's part of the factor that's, you know, he's, he's addressing individuals, but individuals who will then be brought into a community, right? We, we talk about this identity that we are family. Uh, the gospel makes us family that we're adopted sons and daughters of, of Jesus. So we are meant to do good, to see this goodness, um, exchanged between our brothers and sisters in Christ within the context of community. Now, one of uh, two places where you can go to see what this looks like. Um, first of all, we've been preaching through the Sermon on the Mount for the last couple months, um, and, and one of the places where you know that really is, is like a manifesto of the good life. Like this is what it looks like to do good. This is what it looks like for your life to be uh, ordered under the priorities of the kingdom of heaven, and how your relationship with God, how your relationship with other people, sort of works out in in, in uh, accordance with this goodness, this kingdom desire, and the desire for good that we have implanted in us by the Holy. Spirit, right? So that's one place you can look, right? The the um, the non-retaliatory um, tendencies that we have, the 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 forgiveness um, that we have, the the anger, the lust, like the all those things will show you what it looks like to do good um, within the context of community. But but perhaps maybe even more potent place to go to would be Romans chapter twelve. Um, it is a Basically, Paul says, here, here are some marks of of the uh, true Christian community, marks of uh, of a true Christian. And, and here, let me just read some of this. And, and it goes on, and there's some more, and, and I don't need to read it all, but you can go back and check it out for yourself, uh, Romans chapter 12 and chapter 13. But he says this in chapter 9, verse 12, uh, chapter 12, verse 9, got that backwards. He says, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil. And hold fast to what is good. So again, here we see, push away from that which is wicked, hold fast to what is good, love one another with a brotherly affection. Okay, and through this whole thing, you can see the fruit of the Spirit popping up in uh, really tangible kind of ways. He says, outdo one another in showing honor, right? That's that's a way to do good. Uh, do not be slothful in zeal, right? So there, there is something about stoking your affections for Jesus, which is to, to do good, um, to be fervent in spirit, to serve the Lord. Okay. So here, here's one thing. Maybe you got to find a place to serve in the church, right? You know, one place where we always need volunteers, kids ministry. We always, we got kids. We got all kinds of opportunities to serve. In fact, you know, one of the biggest gaps that we have right now is that we really need somebody to kind of head up our kids ministry and be the pioneer or, or lead as a team, um, uh, helping our, our parents, our families, um, make disciples in their homes to partner with parents and discipleship with the kids, right? That is a, a huge need that we have right now. Maybe, um, doing good looks like stepping up, using some of your administrative giftings. You got to love our kids. That's one place where you could do good. 
Otherwise, we got hospitality, you've got band, um, you've got some administrative work, you've got all kinds of different places. And not just with that on a church, you know, church on the Sunday morning, but but think about hospitality, how you can help um, host mission community and, and cleaning up and making sure people are checked in on and, and the care aspect of, of our ministries, um, you know, like just loving people and spurring them on into their in, in good works. Um so, so that that is one way. Just thinking about how can I serve the Lord, um, rejoice in hope, uh, be patient in tribulation. Right again, all these fruits of the spirit. Be constant in prayer, prayerfulness. Perhaps is uh, a, amongst the greatest of good works that you can be doing is literally going to the throne throne room on behalf of other people, whether they're in your mission community, you're on mission to, um, and praying. Prayer is good work. It is the most important work. Um, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. There's hospitality. How do you do that in missional community? Um, bless those who persecute you. Bless their, those and do not curse them. So even with outsiders who don't agree with you, who maybe are hostile towards you, find ways to do good. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, uh, but, but associate with the lonely, with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Don't avenge yourselves. Okay, so all of these things, right? Paul's, here's what it looks like to do good. Go to go to Romans chapter 12, verses 9, and just keep reading, reading. Submission to the authorities gets worked in there. And then here, here's really like the pinnacle of it all. Like here, here is the, the, the primary marker of if you are doing good, it's in this, in the, in the bottom, uh, or yeah, bottom of, of chapter 13, where he talks about fulfilling the law. Owe no one anything except to love each other for the one who loves one another has fulfilled the law, right? And, and the law is concerned with doing good. The law is concerned with promoting which that, which is good and, and restraining that which is evil. So, so here he's saying, you love, you love others. You're fulfilling the law. You're doing what is good for the, uh, for the commandments. You should not commit adultery. You should not murder. You should not steal. You shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Right. And actually we're coming up on that in the uh, sermon on the Mount here. Um, I think uh, next Sunday, um, but it's a little, Love does does no wrong to a neighbor. So here again, contrasting um, good from wrong. Um, love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Okay, so all of this gets summed up in this. Just love people, right? Uh, love people and love them well. So this is, uh, we see this really take place in the context of community. Um the, the chief place where we get to love our brothers and sisters in the faith and also those who are coming in to, to check it out and see what this whole Jesus thing's all about. But there's also this this other. So I moved from personal to communal, um, and now we want to think like externally, missionally focused um, in regards to the city. Part of our, our mission statement, so we say to make disciples, to plant churches, and renew the city. What we're talking about when we're talking about renewing the city means that we're doing good, not just in a place where church people get to benefit from the goodness, um, from the good things that God is doing in us and through us, but that we take it public uh, with the rest of our city, that that are in our jobs, um, we're working as unto the Lord to the benefit of those who we're serving, whether that be our customers, um, that be our coworkers, we're serving people with our work, we're enhancing uh, the quality of our city. We want to do good, and this, this is really rooted in, in uh, Jeremiah 29, verse 7, where it says, seek the welfare of the city, where I have set you in exile, and to pray to the Lord on 
on uh, its behalf for in its wealth in its welfare, you will find your welfare. So th- there, there's something to be said about as we do good in our city, as we promote just the overall quality of life, which for us, we know that, that you can only achieve maximum quality of life when your life is found in Christ, right? There's no way it's like you can do all the things in our city, enhance it. But if you don't have Jesus, then you're still, it, it doesn't count for anything. But if we enhance these things as a reflection of the enhancement of the gospel, like what God's done, the joy, the satisfaction, the patience, the peace that he, he's produced in our life, the love that he's produced in our life, we can share that in, in visible and intangible ways um, within our city. And this is one of the reasons why as missional community families, we we find people in our city to intentionally bless and serve as we're on mission to them. We want to enhance our city. We want to do good in our city and promote its welfare. And so that's part of, of doing good. Now, here's another part of this and doing good that, that we can get so occupied with like the tangible acts that we kind of overlook this. In fact, I, I, I came back, I had to re-record this whole podcast because I had, I had it sort of marked out in my notes and, uh, and I skipped over it. And I was like, okay, you dummy, you missed the most important part is that people who desire good are people who do good. And part of your doing good is pointing people to the good news. So our acts of service and of love and compassion, um, our acts in order to bless people is ultimately done to point people to the goodness of God. But here's the thing. It's not just about doing good. Part of doing good is speaking about the good news of the gospel, right? It's sharing your faith. And so maybe behind prayer and loving your neighbor as yourself, which I think this is going to be wrapped up in loving your neighbor as yourself, especially you're not yet in a believing neighbor, is to share the gospel with them. And here's the good news, that God is willing to take bad people, people with slanted motives and and desires and twisted um, longings, and change them in the most profound way through the gospel, through Jesus, to give them a brand new heart. C.S. Lewis says this, um, he says, it costs God nothing so far as we know to create a nice uh, thing, right? Or to create a good thing. It costs God nothing. He could do that. It'd be delightful, right? And, and so he's talking about specifically people, right? Um, you know, you can have nice people, but here's, here's what it costs God to transform wicked um, and rebellious people. It, it, to convert rebellious wills costs his crucifixion, that God is so committed to doing, to seeing good done in our city, to seeing people encountered, uh, to see people encounter the good news of the gospel, that he would transform us through the power of the crucifixion, where it seems like, you know, for humanity, that's the worst thing that we could have done. We literally killed God, but God took that, used that and transformed it for good. Therefore, this is a message of good news where God is changing, transforming people inside out through the gospel. Okay. And so this is the good news for us here that God is at work. He wants us to participate in the good, good works. In fact, the good works that he saved us to do, right? We were saved for these good works according to Ephesians. Um, and so that God wants us to lean into those. He wants us to see, all right, here's how you become a virtuous person. Here's how you, you become a person who desires good and sees good manifest in your life, how you embody this within the context of community, but also for the sake of the community at large, for the sake of the city, that we would um, grow and do good 
and seek the welfare of our city and renew our city. So let's pray for that. Let's give ourselves to this work that we become vir virtuous people who do good because God is working his goodness in us and through us. That's all I got. Uh, we'll work on the next one when I talk to you guys next week. Take care. Love you. Bye.